Capital Market Insights from ICMA. Greetings and a warm welcome to the ICMA FinTech Podcast, a series where we explore the technological innovation in and transformation of the international capital markets. I'm Oliver Tinkler, Head of Communications and Press for ICMA. As an international trade association, ICMA is involved with the intricate landscapes of primary, secondary, repo and collateral markets, and we understand the pivotal role of market electronification. Throughout this series, we'll bring you conversations with ICMA's fintech vendor members, the driving forces behind the innovation shaping our capital markets. Today, we're delighted to be joined by Ed Tyndall Bisco and Tommaso Di Grazia of the ION Group. Ed, Tommaso, many thanks indeed for joining us today. I suppose to start with, can you, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your company? Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> My name is uh, Tommaso Di Grazia and I'm responsible for fixing income. Uh, product development at Ion. A uh, bit of my background, I've uh, always been passionate about technology, although I studied uh, economics, so I've got an economic background. But I like the way that technology can, can change the way we do things. So in the early 2000, I moved to London from Italy, and I started working at a, a trading platform that pioneered electronic trading at the time for fixed income, and they started since the late 90s. So what 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 I liked, what interested me at the time was uh, the idea of creating systems that could connect users and enable them to trade faster, cheaper, and efficiently. And also the economic impact that that had at the time on you know uh, debt and uh, uh, you know a more big, bigger picture on macroeconomics impact of uh, trading. And uh, I learned a lot. And then in 2007, I moved to Ion, which was. Uh, the, the perfect uh, uh, place to continue evolving my, my interest in technology and markets. And I cover different roles, uh, in different product areas uh, with a common team, which is the DNA of ION, automating human activities and, and allow our customers users to do more meaningful activities. This is applied across the board for ION. So we do this across all the businesses. And uh, yeah, I'll leave to add to introduce you. Okay, yeah, thanks, Mello. Uh, my name is Ed Tyndall Bisco, um, and I look after the product management side at ION for all of our secured funding products. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Tomato's kind of summed up the company or kind of the, the, the DNA quite well, so I, I won't repeat all of that. Um, but just to add a bit on my kind of perspective, because I came through a slightly different path. Um, so, I worked for one of the companies that was acquired fairly on in the the ion kind of growth journey um in around 2006 and um, so it's it's you know grown significantly over that time um i think there was you know about 150 combined people to you know a group of over 10,000 people now um across you know globally across over 50 countries so it's been an interesting an interesting thing to observe my background is not specifically in finance. I've got, you know, degrees in philosophy and AI and data science. Um, and originally I came from a technology background and then I've broadened that out as, as time's gone on into kind of product management and, and, and business focused um, areas. Again, similar to Mazo, lots of different roles um, within the company. Um, and yeah, and the, the same thing as, as Tomato said, really, the, the the thing that makes it interesting and the kind of the, the driving force of, of the, the way that we build solutions is really to leverage the technology to simplify complex processes and reduce the the need for work to be done manually that can be better done by the machine. So 
that sounds a bit waffly and kind of an abstract sense, but it's um, it's re really relevant to what's going on in fixed income and secured funding, uh, you know, at this particular time. It's, that, that's great. Thanks, Ed. I mean, that's a kind of a nice lead into the second question, which is about kind of core innovation, core innovation or kind of unique features. And then IONS are kind of a, a large group covering many different areas. But, you know, in your kind of specialization, what do you believe are the, are the core innovations or unique features that, that set your ION solution apart? Uh, well, um... As, as a product company, we've always been, you know, committed to to develop products where that addresses the need of a community of users. And what what sets us apart is uh, what we consider ourselves a, a, a one-stop shop for trading. So the it it is unique in the sense that we cover the full functional stack of what user required to operate on electronic markets and service their clients. And we started this historically by building connectivity to markets, which are was our core business. And then we we uh, either through acquisition or organic growth covered the full stack. So, um, and we designed the software, which is another uh, important element of what distinguishes us. We designed our software with API first concept in mind. So API is positioned as a building block of our software. So we, we sell off the shelf solution, which have a high degree of customization through configurability and API integration at any level of the stack. So it, it is not a debate between buy and versus build is buy and build. You can buy off the shelf, don't need to reinvent the wheel and build and inject uh, um, intellectual property and customization through APIs at any level of the solution. So um, the user interface is what glues everything together, is the window to access all the functionalities. And, and, and we, we put the user at the center of the user experience. So the user experience is really at the center of what we do. And uh, we also offer, you know, uh, our proprietary model to develop interoperability and build integrated ecosystems around uh, end user needs. So that's kind of what makes us uh, unique. Yeah, no, and on, on from you know from my point of view, it, it's it's a very similar philosophy or or approach. Similarly, fixed income repo has been historically part of the core business of, of Ion early in, from the early days of when. The repo market became electronified um, and we share if not the specific software but the same architecture and the same kind of software principles um, for how the solution is built um, we have dedicated products that support all of the different life cycle trade processing position inventory connectivity and, and so on and the, yeah the, the real innovation the original innovation is that the solution provides a single consolidated system to to view all of those different venues, to aggregate across, make decisions based on the full kind of view of, of the market, um, as well as the full business lifecycle um, across the front and, and the middle office in terms of position keeping, collateral management across product lines and across different business areas. So from, yeah, from, a, from a core kind of dealer point of view, that means, as I said, the, the connectivity to all the markets, the ability to route liquidity where it's most effective, um, to make real-time decisions, systems designed from the ground up to be fully real-time. So there's no, um, and I know that's what every every system does nowadays. But that's kind of that was the original intention. And from a, a user-centric point of view, as well as a decision-making kind of API consumer-based point of view, it's it's fully you know designed to be fully scalable vertically, horizontally, um, and provide the commoditized bits of the service that clients need, so they don't need to build themselves but also 
tailorable, customizable to to fit their particular business purpose. Can you talk a little about what inspired the development of the solution and you know how it addresses a, a specific need or challenge uh, in 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 your in your area of specialization? Sure. Yeah. Um... Our solution was born out of the, the factual observation that traders and desks often were relying on partial information, fragmented solution, and, and complex workflows to, to monitor the market and, and do their job, provide liquidity and manage risk. And, uh, and that was actually done by sitting next to uh, traders. So we spent a lot of time at the beginning trying to understand the problem and, and try to see how it could be originally solved and uh, um, we saw a lot of a lot of activity that required manual intervention distracted traders from the real value added functionality and introduce also uh, operational risks sometimes to execute uh, you know basic tasks and uh, historically originally to that's the problem we, we consolidated all the activity into a single screen just to give a single point of access to everything and at the same time uh, automated all the activity that could be guided in a sort of co-pilot style or even autopilot model so a lot of stuff doesn't happen doesn't require traders to take any decision it's just follow rules and and algos and and our vision hasn't changed over time so we still believe that you know, there's a strong need for automation and, and decision which are taken systematically um, using, you know, all data available, which is now, you know, a big, big discussion point uh, to take, you know, pre and post trade decisions and, and add anything can be structured in a way that can be farmed off to the machine when applicable and, and possible. Um, the problem we believe is still very valid and we're still trying to resolve it with you know in, in technology changing at a very fast pace um, quick pace uh, and and this uh, in, in fact is, is is visible with this pattern for us is visible across many asset classes and different businesses so it's, uh, it's again what, what determines what we do uh, as, a, as a company across businesses and what changed over time uh, you know is the evolution of technology and tools and, and their impact on how the problem can be solved but the permanent needs is still there the how you solve it is changing and has changed a lot yeah and at the risk of saying the same thing what Tomato said um, if in fixed income in secured funding it's kind of a similar type of story I mean repo security lending secured funding whatever you want to call it collateral trading it's viewed historically as being kind of behind the curve when it comes to to digitization. I mean, it, ICMA themselves have got lots of working groups and forums designed to help accelerate the the actualification and digitization of the market. And that was really one of the inspirations for the building the solution. I mean, there's lots of words written, people talking, books written about this everywhere else, but it's nonetheless a fact. Um, and our solution was really inspired by the recognition that there was this very large scope to increase the level of automation in what is kind of a hybrid type of a business where there is to a large degree you know highly liquid you know broker dealer driven and market driven electronification but there is still this very large portion of the business that's done and executed manually uh you know that story is true today um as it was you know originally when the solution was launched and and our vision for the product remains kind of consistent with that approach which is to provide a, a single 
consolidated cross-asset, cross-product solution to support the needs of both the buy and the sell side. Um, and you know how we can increase that level of automation um, to simplify the workflows, to reduce the number of manual steps that, that the participants need to take to, to achieve their goals. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, as Tamara said, it's kind of a playbook that's common to any kind of re-engineering um, or process automation. The mechanism of the technology changes, but the, the approach remains the same. Looking over the medium term, let's say four or five years, how do you see the market evolving? You know, what particular trends do you see emerging that ION will need to adapt to? And specifically, you know, what role do you think AI will take in uh, shaping ION's offering? Yeah, well, on, on, on my side, definitely not a, um, a static picture. So we've seen you know, impacts of regulation and, and market structure changes, uh, changing the challenges that market makers have to face. So market makers are, you know, seeing in increased pressure uh, to provide liquidity and, 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 and do the traditional role of warehousing risk uh, with, you know, markets and regulatory frameworks are uh, trending towards the opposite direction. And uh, uh, to mitigate this challenge, what we do or we're trying to do is to work with them on solutions that allow them to um, access more liquidity, do smarter hedge, better manage their risk, uh, and and you know this combined with new technologies and and more data and also very relevant point better post trade data dissemination. Uh, they offer new capabilities for price discovery, better pricing clients, better segmenting uh, client and. Uh, we've seen new hybrid trading models also emerging so this landscape has, uh, has changed a bit the, the, the line between liquidity provider liquidity takers in a more fluid and, and hybrid model whereby market makers can continue serving their clients which are more and more demanding uh, by leaning on each other's liquidity on a product by product basis depending on how specialized you are on a specific instrument and this model, we've seen principal trading, which was a traditional way of providing liquidity, being paired with models of match principal, where which are you know more uh, mature on different asset classes. In effect, is something which you know happened already in the past. And and we see um, you know market makers sometimes requesting liquidity for for their clients for non-core products. So trying to source liquidity and transform liquidity to maintain their you know customer satisfied that's what we've seen and and of course you know you mentioned you know um, new technology artificial intelligence is expected to play more and more a significant role in trading um you know models can help we can think about many applications like consolidate pricing information from various sources in different formats liquidity is fragmented is not normalized it needs to be sanitized and being able to do that with new technology it's it's a key to you know unlock the uh, the, the solution you can analyze market liquidity you can identify better market patterns and customer activities to identify um, you know impacts and also something that we're looking at is how to optimize trading execution uh, through new technology by 
designing what's the best allocation of a specific order across multiple pools. So how to aggregate and how to allocate, which is important when markets are very fragmented today. Like, you know, US Treasury market has seen a very significant change compared to, you know, uh, the way it was structured a few years ago. And that's all relevant for, uh, for what we've seen. Yeah, and from my point of view, um, you know, referencing back to the last answer about, you know, where the repo and securities lending markets are in terms of, of other asset classes, um, from a from a technology point of view, we kind of tend to look at what lessons we can learn in terms of automation in, in those other asset classes, either for inspiration or for, you know, how we can tailor those to suit the specific needs of the market. And from a business point of view, I guess, you know, the, the fundamentals are how to make the market more accessible, um, more efficient, if not necessarily, you know, directly transparent, um, but supporting the changing and evolving needs of the regulations. From a technology point of view, you know, every, every conference or every event that, that happens now, there's a session or a, a topic about how the technology is going to change the industry, whether that's, you know, DLT, blockchain, machine learning, generative AI, data analytics, um, the fundamentals of what the market, you know, is, is still looking for and needs are really quite clear and that's real-time access or as near to real-time access to inventory position information you know wh where where the positions are located how they're tied up what the impact is on balance sheets um how they're being used so how kind of fluid they are um complete access to pricing information for you know full transparency internally on how pricing decisions are made risk metrics being available, you know, credit information in a timely way so that pre-trade decision-making can be done efficiently. Um, and our solution is, is very well placed to help the market achieve that, I think, just by the, the fact that it's built from the ground up to be fully real-time, to provide that level of granular information, connectivity to all of the different trading venues as, as a core part of our business, um, and the, the tools that we have right now and the tools that we can learn from other areas of ION where there is more automation, um, how we can develop those tools and keep that in step with what the market is asking for. Whether that's you know cloud-based, whether that's integrated with internal data analytics platforms through the APIs. And um, one of your questions is about how AI can play a role. Um, and I guess the answer probably is like everyone, we're kind of reviewing um, we're reviewing how how to leverage machine intelligence in our solutions and, and how to make that integrated into our workflows. But um, I, you know, I don't want to add more to the hype about that. I, there's a there's a quote from a guy called Stuart Russell that I follow um, about the fact that there's there's more regulation covering sandwich shops than there is around the use of AI generally. So I think we should be we should be wary about how that technology is used and deployed before we um, start really increasing the adoption of that type of technology. Excellent. Thanks, Ed. We won't talk about deregulating sandwich shops, but um, kind yeah, of like moving. Another podcast series entirely. Yeah. I suppose kind of thinking back, I mean, this is more kind of looking back than looking forward. You know, when, when you started your time with, with ION, can you recall how the market Kind of welcomed welcomed your solution, and you know what what obstacles you faced in getting the the, the news out. Well, one of 
uh, one of the big challenge we're seeing where we disrupt and we do new things is that uh, very often people are they need to change the way they do things and it's not always easy even though you go into a direction which is you know better or you know easier in the long term people tend to stick to the way they do things and uh, changing the way you've been doing things for a long time which is what well, you come with something disrupting when you say hey you can do this in a very different way you just need to adapt and and learn that's one of the uh, one of the obstacles we've seen so um um, in, in, in general, we work very close with, with you know, with our clients and they, um, you know, they, they, they see the value of what we do, uh, you know, by, by, by changing There are two ways of doing things. We, we do things, uh, for clients and, uh, clients can do things for themselves. Like I said, the product is very open and that leaves them the freedom to drive part of the product or features of the product in a direction where it's customize is proprietary and it doesn't feel like we actually steering them where they do don't want but of course we have you know we do bets on where the market is going and we got a very good view and comprehensive picture of what you know what is going on which puts us in a position to say hey this is the way things should be done and so the combination of our product vision in the, in the medium long term and the ability to customize the product that makes the client feeling you know they still have ability to inject intellectual property and to build their edge uh, by buying something which is then distributed to the you know to the street then is what you know for us as a value and and helped us uh, you know overcoming obstacles of uh, of people changing the way they do their own things and owning their own you know solution which is one of the and once you break that once you show that you know everybody can compete at a different level with the same car but tuning it in a different way and changing pieces and both that they want then then everybody understands and you don't need to reinvent the wheel you just need to be good at doing your job and customizing yeah i'm from my point of view very similar um you know our solution is is built in partnership with our clients as well as based on our you know vision of where the um where the market is going or how we can satisfy the needs of the market in terms of the core needs and as well as the evolving needs um we have a fairly rigorous process internally to make sure that we um that we're in line with that and that we justify in, you know to our stakeholders internally about why we're spending time doing the things that we're doing um there's a balance between innovation, you know, genuine product or technology innovation, and the real world relevance of that. Um, there's a, you know, a, important to tread that line in the in the right way. Um, and uh, as Tamara said, we work very closely with our our partners as, as clients or as markets to make sure that we're um, in line with their vision for how their their business evolves and how they can serve the needs of their own clients um while at the same time making sure that you know we we learn from the experiences that that we have or that our clients have or that maybe that other asset classes have um experienced you know the one of the things about iron is the is the breadth of experience and the reach that we have so we can maybe you know pick things up that that maybe other other types of vendors can't necessarily so easily ed in particular you, you spoke about 
kind of customizable solutions in real world relevance and it kind of brings me on to a point about balancing you know innovation at eye on the product the solution and, and how it kind of be customized to bet best fit a uh, a client but but balancing that with with regulatory compliance um how do you how do you do that in in the you know the, the landscape of fixed income which we all know is kind of constantly evolving yeah i mean it has really changed over the last kind of 10 years um i think the market's been characterized until probably fairly recently by a you know, constant stream of regulations um and maybe people's budgets have been focused around supporting those um the increased scrutiny, the compliance with those regulations. I mean, again, they're mentioned all over the place. I won't name them, but um, my personal view is that that's a kind of a bit of a double-edged um, sword, if that's the right word. Um, sometimes the regulation can be, you know, it can slow down innovation, but in other ways, it can be a really powerful driver for changing things. Um, there's the, the work that ICMA, along with, Isla and um, Isla have been doing around championing the the common domain model, and I, you know, I think that's an important um, initiative just in terms of the standardisation of messaging. The consequences, you know, the second order effect of that is just the the ability to increase the level of automation and all of the innovation that that goes on with that. Um, I think although that's still in the early stages, I have, you know, I'm quite optimistic that that can actually be quite a significant change in the way that um the business transforms well I, and as a final question um we are recording this in the kind of early part of 2024 i just wanted to know kind of from you both what your i suppose your kind of aspirations for the business are in in the coming year and anything that kind of particularly stands out um i will start by saying that our focus and our philosophy is really around you know as we've said lots and lots of times about automation um workflow automation availability of data and transparency and and what's happening is um in in, in different parts of the the reaper market a, a trend in that direction the the number and the growing volume of kind of rfq or dealer to client flows that are um, that are being digitized, the number of new markets on the into dealer side of things that are, that are coming up in both Europe and North America, that trend, uh, you know, I, I expect to continue. Um, and I look forward to, to those platforms remaining successful because that's a, a key, you know, um, selling point and a key reason for our solution being successful. So um, I think that we, we work hand in hand with, with that. And very similar on, on, on the fixed income side, lots going on. <clears throat> Many new protocols uh, came available. All tool trading changed uh, the way things are, are done in some uh, asset classes. Portfolio trading is what we're looking at very closely. It's changing the way of uh, trading. Is we see volumes growing. Um, ETFs attached to that is also very relevant. So there's a lot for us to. To, to 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 consider to keep you know doing what we're doing and, and continue our mission so well that's great ed tomaso many thanks indeed for joining the podcast today um 
If you'd like to learn more about ICMA's work across fintech and digitalization, then please look at the episode description where we've included links to some useful resources. And thanks again to Ed and Tommaso from Iron Group and uh, join us next time. Thanks for having us. Thank you for listening. For more ICMA podcasts and further information on capital markets, please visit our website, icmagroup.org.